Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have huge breaking news today. Uh, news that will uh, shake the earth beneath your feet. We uh, have uh, a huge announcement um, that is earth shattering. Uh, prepare yourselves. You might want to sit down to take this news. Um, everything's going to change. Your whole world is going to change when you hear this. Uh, Woody Allen is retiring. Woody Allen's retiring, and, um, you know, what are we all going to do? What movies are we going to watch if we're not watching Woody Allen movies? Uh, and the reason he's retiring is very interesting. Um, he's blaming uh, cancel culture. Woody Allen is retiring, uh, or saying he's going to retire, and he's blaming cancel culture. Um, I, I don't know if cancel culture, uh, just to be honest, I don't know if cancel culture applies to Woody Allen. Uh, I think if you marry your daughter, uh, that's pretty fucked up. And if, like, everyone uh, in your family, or in the family you were engaged with at that time, um, uh, says that you're a pedophile uh, I, you know I'm going to tend to believe him you know there was that HBO documentary um, detailing everything and like almost every single kid in this family is like yeah he's a pedo he's a fucking pedo he would have me do this and do that and it's like whoa and it was sickening it's sickening hearing that shit and um I'm just like, is this guy, like, this guy has no shame and, like, no sense of, uh, like, the, like, like, dude, people know, you know, like, like, people, people have found you out, man. You've been found out. You know, you can live in a bubble all you want and pretend like you didn't do anything. And maybe, you know, he's 87 years old. Maybe so many years have passed that he actually doesn't even like he's somehow convinced himself that he never did this but i'm like dude there's a whole family saying you're a pedophile every single goddamn person in the family says you're a pedo and then you married your goddamn daughter so why would i not believe the people in this family when you've gone and married your goddamn daughter and then tried to rape the other one. Why would I not? You know, and like, like, yeah, you've stayed with that woman uh, that you're married to your whole life. At least you're committed to your daughter. Uh, but it's still kind of like, dude, you're a fucking pedo. We know you're a fucking pedo. We know you tried to fucking rape that kid. And you married the other one, the older one. You decided, I guess, well, they won't let me have the 10-year-old, so maybe I can marry the fucking 17-year-old. And then you fucking, you know, basically from that documentary, it sounds like he paid off some judges and political figures to, to get all the charges dropped uh, and to get the uh, social services office back. But Woody Allen, at the age of 87, is now saying, you know, I th I'm thinking about retired. I'm thinking about hanging it up at age 87 uh, because of cancel culture. <laughs> it sounds like, 
you gotta love these people that are just like oblivious to uh, to how they're perceived in the world and oblivious to what's going on and they kind of create their own like reality around them and I think he's actually got a quote I think this is a Woody Allen quote that artists create their own moral universe artists create their own moral universe and I'm like yeah 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 okay you know um wasn't da vinci a pedo you know wasn't you know it's like dude like we don't we just don't we just don't want to hear it you know you're you're a fucking sicko you had a couple of good movies because yes there are woody allen movies that i do love uh but i just not like hot on those movies like other people you know I, i've had like professors in college that you know like film professors that were just like oh they got to show us all the woody allen films and they just love it and you know it, it's kind of like uh to me woody allen movies are kind of like someone's hitting you in the rib cage with their elbow and they're like hey get it hey get, get that joke hey Hey, get it? I get it. You know, and it's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Because everything that he thinks he's like, every joke Woody Allen tells where he thinks he's being over people's head and being intellectual is stuff that we learned in high school and community college for Christ's sakes. Like, hey, hey, did you get that joke? It was, it was, about, it was about the alien. It's like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I got it. Hey. Hey, did you get this joke? Hey, I got it. I got the joke. Like, you got to, like, look around to the people beside you and be like, I got that joke. It's about Proust, you know. Or, hey, did you get this joke? It was about, you know, uh, Trotsky. Or, you know, just stuff that we learned when we were in, like, high school or community college. It's, like, very easy, like, low-hanging fruit historical facts or with him it's mainly like stuff from literature um where it's just like he'll make a joke about that and be like look how witty i am you know and like i had this professor at the time who was that guy who you would be in class and he'd be like hey you get it you know this is from uh you know uh blah 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 you know he would come up with you know some book you know oh have you not read this have you not read the great gatsby that's a reference to the great gatsby that's a reference to war and peace it's funny <laughs> if you get it it's funny if you get it and i get it because i'm smart it's like okay 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 we we get it we see you we see what you're doing it's like you have a uh inferiority complex and you know what we see this a lot well people you know it's like you have an inferiority complex so you learn you know you read you know uh uh you know well, e well even with this you know it's stuff that most people every day wouldn't know but if you're slightly educated you would know um but then like you see people that go and they're like you don't know this you don't know that and it's like <laughs> i do it's like okay good for you buddy it's like i and i know all the references and woody allen jokes but you know you have other people that you know like 
a long time ago I had a guy that was like talking about some part of the Bible and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before and he just thought that I was like the most illiterate person in the world that I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about and I can't for the life of me even remember exactly what he's like you know this right here and blah 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 verse and I'm like oh, okay good for you I, I'm not uh, a biblical scholar and I have uh, I don't think I've ever read the Bible all the way through I've I've uh, read parts of it and I've uh, I tried to listen to it on audiobook once but it was just uh, very disturbing and uh, you know all the uh, ripping off little kids foreskins and just weird shit that's in the Bible. I'm like, I can't, I can't deal with this shit. So, um, you know, you have those people that like, <clears throat> they'll read, they'll read like a history book on something, you know, specific, right? And then they'll show up to a party and they'll be like, oh, blah, 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 you know, quoting off a history book. I just read The Swerve. <laughs> and, uh, you, you haven't read The Swerve? <laughs> They're so fucking dumb and illiterate. And, you know, they'll be talking about something very specific, you know, uh, and then, like, fault you for not having read the book that they just read or not having read it in years. Because some cases it's, I haven't read it in years. And then they'll be like, I can't believe you can't immediately remember this historical fact from a book I just read and is fresh on my mind. You are an idiot. You know, and you have those people that they kind of get off on that type of behavior. You know, there used to be a guy in a free thought group who would uh, literally get into the group and he would uh, yell at people and argue with people and demand that they repeat facts to him about books that he's already read. And it's like, well, okay, buddy, that's great that you've studied this and this and this and this and you're trying to push it into the conversation and you're trying to fault people for not having read something that you just read that really doesn't have anything to do with the conversation that we're having and uh, you're, you're just being a dick and you're, you're just being arrogant and no point can't find it at the time being. But anyway, this guy showed up, and this was at a, a, a free thought group meeting. And this guy showed up, and he was like, just went into detail on this guy that's associated with Darwin. I can't for the life of me remember his name. And then was like, and we're, we're just like, hold up, hold up, man. You're, you're jumping the gun here. Like, give us some background on this guy. You know, because he just went into detail, you know, like, giving a speech it was like we don't we know nothing of this guy you know come on give us some background the association you know and he's like god y'all don't know this and we're just sitting there like uh you know he's not really a famous name this guy you're talking about and that's the type of people you run into sometimes that are just arrogant assholes that like to pretend that 
everyone knows everything at all times and if you don't you know like like dude like we, we could do the same to you like i can show up into a room and start talking about a subject or a thing that you have no clue about and fault you for not being able just to jump right in you know there's people like that and i think woody allen's one of them that's all i'm trying to say so I guess we uh, will introduce the podcast. This is Biscuits Buttered with none other than Victoria Vandenberg. I've done my push-ups. I've done my squats. I've done my sit-ups. I've stretched. I've uh, ran five miles. I've cracked open a fucking ham's beer. And uh, I'm smoking a cigarette. And I'm in beautiful Louisville, Louisville Kentucky today. Uh, it's gorgeous out. It's a hot, beautiful day. The sun is shining. Uh, people are out drinking bourbon, they're drinking beer, they're happy, they're smoking, uh, they're just having a good time, they're living life. I love this city, and this is a great city. I, w- I wish I would have transferred to this city, because this city's pretty fucking awesome from what I've seen so far. Uh, just a bunch of lushes and fucking people obsessing over horses. It's just, it's great. So this is, a. Uh, Biscuit Sputtered with Victoria Vandenberg. And, you know, as you know, we give an intro every week. This is a podcast about anything and everything. It's about my everyday life. It's about politics. It's about the news. It's about anything and everything. Anything I want to talk about on the day. Now, the past few, past month, I've been talking a lot about my personal life. Today, we're actually going to try to talk about the news and everything going on in the world a little bit more. And hopefully uh, be able to just delve into things um which is what we're gonna do straight off i do want to talk about um my my where i'm moving to i'm moving to indianapolis soon so i will no longer be a southerner i will be a midwesterner and um which i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to a change in my life i'm 40 i've spent most of my life in alabama and, I, I, you know, it's one of those things where you think about it and you're like, God, I don't want to be one of these people in this small town that wake up, they're 70, they, they find out they got cancer, and they're going to realize they spent most of their life in this shit little town. I don't want to be that person. And that's why I'm transferring to uh, Indianapolis. Um, I'm a truck driver. Uh, I, I've still, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and talk about the job. Uh, so last Thursday I like email like human resources and I'm like hey um, when do y'all want me there you know y'all said you know uh, for me to be there on a specific day but I'm actually working the day before that and you know it's like a seven hour drive I can't just drive all night and then start a shift the next day you know you're gonna have to give me a day to get up there and they're like but we thought you were starting on this day and I was like, yeah, but I worked the day before. And y'all are, you know, I'm literally moving from, I'm literally, that's like four states away. You expect me to drive all night and then just go into a morning shift? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? So I'm getting a little bit of cold feet on them. Because they, they seem uh, about as dumb as the people that uh, manage where I work now. Um, so this lady is like, but I thought you were coming that day. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, I'm working. And you're just going to have to give me a day. All I'm asking is for you to give me a day to actually drive across the country to fucking be up there. 
And it's just like they're they're so retarded that they don't they don't seem to understand that that's like you know a thing. So hopefully, and, and we still don't have the schedule. By the way, that was last Thursday. Of course, we had a holiday Monday. I received no response back from that email. So I just emailed them back today. I have not received any email back. <laughs> I will actually read the email to y'all. Hold on. Hey, this is Victoria Vonberg. Uh, I'm the new transfer. Have they made a new schedule yet? And could I get a copy? Also, what am I supposed to bring with me that day? Am I supposed to just bring, like, my badge from where I work now? Am I supposed to bring paperwork? Is there anything I'm supposed to do? Like, what all do y'all need that day? And when I do show up, who who am I, you know, where do I park? Where, who, who, who do I ask for? You know, like, how does this, how does this work? How does this work? <laughs> It's like typical like government like bureaucracy and like incompetence. It's like no plan or thought into it. It's just like uh, show up this day without giving me anywhere to show up to and any you know it's like what the fuck is wrong with you people? Like come on now, you gotta do better than this. Uh, so if she doesn't respond to me today, uh, I do have. Um, uh, a phone number somewhere for a supervisor that I can call and hopefully we'll have more answers on that. I wanted to go ahead it's you know the first day of the week for me because we had a holiday yesterday. Uh, I wanted to go ahead and just get the podcast out of the way for the week it kind of feels good when you just get it out right at the first of the week and then you got the rest of the week to do whatever you want to do um, so there is breaking news breaking news uh, Jimmy Buffett has skin cancer and died so this cocksucker Jimmy Buffett who has been torturing the ears of innocent civilians for years and years and years is finally dead thank God uh, because not only has he been he decided that however many years he lived, 70 years of, of torturing people with his shitty music, he decided somewhere in his like 50s and 60s that he, the senses of the ears are not enough. The olfactories or whatever, whatever, no, that's the nose. What's the ones in the ears? The fucking hearing of everyday people. He wanted to torture the, the ears of everyday people he decided that wasn't enough. He decided, not only am I going to attack that sense, I'm going to attack taste. And he started Margaritaville restaurants, which are quite possibly the shittiest, blandest, most horrible restaurant I've ever been to in my life. I don't understand why anyone eats there. I mean, his the food is as bland as his goddamn music. And, uh... So this guy who's lived a legendary life of making horrible music and uh, torturing the palates and the ears of normal day Americans uh, is finally dead. I, I, you know, 
it's about time because you know no telling what he would have moved on to from here you know nothing was enough for this guy you know like you had a successful career making like horrible horrible music about beach life and then you started making restaurants and hotels and everything else all which were subpar and it just wasn't enough so no he probably would have ended up running for president or something if he would have still been alive because people associate him with the beach and people like the beach people associate him with drinking a margarita which people like margaritas uh and i'm just i'm just kind of glad he died and i'm kind of glad he died of such a specific cancer because it's like oh you, you live at the beach you know you stay out in the sun all day you get skin cancer so it's kind of like what he loved killed him and i think that's kind of a beautiful thing that he ended up dying because he loved the beach so much it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing and i think that we shouldn't um we really shouldn't um underestimate that you know it's just like me I'm assuming I will die of some sort of heart disease or probably heart disease I'd imagine I love to eat um, I love to drink too but I limit my drinking uh, so I doubt you know I'm gonna have like liver failure or anything oh and the lead singer of um, Smash Mouth died of the liver failure apparently he was a lush but nobody cares about him <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, find what you love and let it kill you. And you know, for me, I think I, I want to die at like just a buffet somewhere. I just want to be drinking a beer, eating some fucking like chicken wings, and then just like just fall over dead. That I think that would be beautiful. Um, that that's the way to go. And. I guess I'll also talk about, I've seen this uh, thing on Netflix, and uh, let, let me pull it up because I want to give you the right name for it. And it's about, hold on, let me make sure I'm telling you, okay, it's got four episodes, it's Live to a Hundreds, Live to a Hundreds, Secrets of the Blue Zones, Live to 100, Secrets of the Blue documentary uh, that detailed like these little zones in different countries where people live longer they live like to a hundred or more and he would go to these areas like he went to a place in Japan and where there's like a, a ton of like you know centurions like hundred years old hundred year olds and he noticed that they're living to a hundred just by accident really you know, like, he goes there and he's like, oh, this hundred-year-old lady, you know, first off, she doesn't, like, you know, in Japan, you know, you pretty much sit in the floor and eat. You sit in the floor and do everything. So this lady's, like, getting up, you know, up and off the floor, you know, like, 50 times a day. So she's getting exercise when she doesn't even really realize it. And also, they're eating, like, a super healthy diet where they're eating, like, fish and vegetables and everything else like that. And then also she's, you know, they've got better health care. And then also she's got like this family, the support system that, uh, you know, they, they kind of keep people active and going at that age. 
and that's the reason she's been able to live like past 100 is because she's getting exercise without even knowing it she stays active it's just kind of an amazing documentary where you see these people in different parts of the world that are living forever then he goes to like this place in greece and of course in greece you know you should live a long time anyway because they got the mediterranean diet which is supposed to be the healthiest diet but then you know you have people that are living in these like steep cliff towns so again these people that are living to 100 they're getting all this exercise because everywhere they go in town they're having to go up and downhill and they're, they're getting exercise without even realizing they're having exercise because it's just their daily routine of moving around and also they're eating a super super healthy diet and they're included in their community which makes them live for a really really long time then he goes down to like costa rica and there's a small place in Costa Rica where they used to have towns where people lived to 100, but it's slowly dying out because modernization's coming in and people are eating fast food and stuff. So he interviews this one Costa Rican guy who is 100 years old, looks like he's 60, and is still like riding his horse around and doing farm work and you like when you look at him you're like that guy is not a hundred but apparently they verified it uh through several sources that he actually is a you know they checked his id then they went and checked the national records to make sure he's a hundred and it's like amazing looking at this guy because he looks like someone who you know most people who are a hundred are like kind of puffy and hunched over and you know they don't look so good at a hundred but they're still kicking but this guy looked great at 100. Probably looks better than I do right now at 100. And I'm like, that's the type of uh, life I want to lead. And apparently, they, they, you know, their diet, the way they're included in their community, uh, that, that's what's kept this guy. And the exercise he gets doing all the farm work every day has kept him alive. And I started to realize that I'm wondering if I could be, if I could live 100 years or more. You know, a lot of people would say, no, 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 there's no way, Victoria, there's no way you can live a hundred goddamn years. You were literally, uh, two years ago, you were 440 pounds, which I'm now a slim. I've actually gained a little weight because I took a week off and put on some pounds. So I'm a slim 258, all right? Or no, 259, excuse me. Um, I was 255 a week or two ago, but anyway we're working on it um and i wondered i wonder if i can live to 100 and you know some of these people that they show that are in their 90s some of them are fucking fat but because of the exercise and because of keeping their keeping active and and doing stuff they they're, they're living forever you know they even went out to this place uh i forget the town in california where all these seven-day Adventists are living forever and it's because they've got a community and they exercise and they take care of themselves and eat a healthy diet and so that's what Victoria Vandenberg is going to do from here on out I'm going to lose the weight I'm going to try to get down below 200 pounds obviously I'm going to quit smoking I'm actually lying about that I don't even smoke anymore I used to smoke I don't anymore uh, I'm going to cut down my drinking I've already cut down my drinking to the weekends. Only Saturday and Sunday do I drink now. 
And I'm going to start eating salads and eating plant-based diet, maybe with a little meat, clean meat, you know, like chicken or fish of some sort. Try to do the Mediterranean thing. See if I can't, you know, and then along with my exercise routine, which I've been doing, uh, I'm wondering if I can't, you know, try to live 100 years. Could you imagine, like, if I could retire at, like, in my 60s, and then lived like a hundred, like you'd have like a quarter of a century or more that you're just like living your life, doing whatever you want to do. <laughs> you know, that'd be nice, right? So I got to start taking care of myself just so I can have a fun retirement. I know a guy right now who is, uh, or well, going going back, I, I'll talk about that guy here in a minute, but going back to my subject, I, I really do think I could live to a hundred because I, I look at my grandfather who um, has no history of cancers you know there's no history of cancer in my family uh, you know he was a smoker like for 40 years had a heart attack at 63 and then had a doctor put him on some medication that fucked up his kidneys so now he's got kidney failure but he's kind of like kept his kidneys at like 30-something percent for like the past uh, 15 years. So I'm wondering if I take care of myself and, you know, do my annual physical, work out, keep the weight off, eat right. I'm wondering if I can't like live a really, really long life. Because I think genetically, I probably got the genetics to do that. It's just I've been... I just really hadn't been taking care of myself. And despite how heavy I've been over my life, you know, how heavy I was, I've never had diabetes. I've never had any type of issues. So I'm like, I'm wondering if I can't try to make it to 100. We're going to see because we're going to keep doing this podcast until I'm 100 years old or to when I, when the podcast stops, you'll know I'm dead. All right. You will know that Victoria has kicked the bucket when the podcast stops. But speaking of which, I do know someone who retired. They forced him to retire and he moved to Thailand. And uh, he is living, like just on a social security check, he's like living, he's got a condo near the beach. He's got a cleaning lady. All on like social security. Goes out to eat every day. It's only a couple of bucks to go out and eat every day. Uh, just living the life in Thailand and, and that's kind of what I want for myself so you know I'm, I'm trying to save back into my 401k I'm going to have the pension and maybe with the 401k the pension uh, my social security uh, and then all my savings and my savings account and you know maybe selling my house or something maybe my house will hopefully skyrocket in value, which uh, I'm hoping to find out more about that this week uh, when the closing date is going to be on the house because I want to get into it as soon as humanly possible. But uh, we do have other subjects we want to talk about today, so I don't want to be on on me living to 100 and retiring happily to Thailand and fucking a ladyboy. I I don't want that to be the whole uh, podcast today. Had to get a swig of sweet tea there. All right, so is anybody out there on Ozempic or Wagovi? So I've been losing my weight the old-fashioned way, okay? 
And uh, but I do know someone. I've been hearing so much about Ozempic and Wagovi. People have been losing a lot of weight on it. And I do have a, a family member who is currently taking Wagovi. And this person has lost 50 pounds on Wagovi and is doing like really, really good. But they're not exercising and doing the other things because the, the main thing I hear about this Wagovi, I'm like, you, you'll lose the weight with the Wagovi. It, it's actually kind of a miracle drug for the weight loss. But from what I'm hearing is that you're losing like a lot of muscle mass and it, it's not very, like you're not going to be healthier just because you're losing the weight. Because, you know, like th this person has lost 50 pounds. They look horrible. And uh, one thing that I've learned this go around with my weight loss is that I think the main thing making me feel better is waking up and actually exercising every day, doing the push-ups, doing the sit-ups, doing the squats. You know, I can feel the muscle in my chest and my arms and my legs, uh, even in my stomach. You know, I've been doing those sit-ups and and I feel like I'm way healthier than I've probably ever been. Even, uh, I mean, I, I can't. I don't think I've ever been this healthy, even though. Uh, you know, I have been skinnier than I am now. Um, I just feel like I'm in much better shape because I have, I've lost the weight but put on muscle at the same time, which I didn't even think was possible. Uh, but apparently it is. You know, you can restrict your calories and work out and put on muscle. And, uh, you know, I've, I've just really enhanced my abilities. You know, you're, you're not... If, if you're on a diet, you're not going to be able to go into the gym and, like, become a power lifter. But you can go in the gym and, like, do a lot of repetition. Like, so, you know, I can do more sit-ups than I've ever done. I can do more squats than I've ever done. Yeah, I'm not going to go into the gym when I'm on a diet and lift, you know, 500 pounds. But uh, I can probably physically do more squats than most people at the gym. So... Uh, I'm feeling pretty pretty healthy as far as that goes. But I don't know. Has anyone heard anything about Ozempic and Wagovi? To me, I'm like, is this going to be like FinFin and all these other weight loss drugs where they eventually end up getting sued out of existence? Because it might make you lose weight, but it also might have severe uh, consequences health-wise. And I was telling my family member that was taking this drug, I said... You look, I'm not going to tell you not to take that drug because obviously you're losing a lot of weight, but you need to be in the gym lifting weights and exercising because, you know, let, let's say you get to your goal weight. Are you going to stay on that drug? Are you going to stay on the, because that's what I always hear about the Wagovi and the Ozempic is you have to stay on it long term or you'll gain that weight right back. And when you gain that weight right back, you're going to put yourself in a worse position than you were before because you've lost all this muscle mass, you've lost all this uh, good health that you had. And I, I just, I'm not sure on these drugs. I think we need long-term um, studies on them. And uh, I, I tell people all the time, it's like, if you're gonna start, if you're gonna try to lose weight, first off, go to your doctor first. 
see where you're at physically. You know, do a thorough physical. Take get them to take blood and do blood labs. See where you're at physically. And if you're morbidly obese, you know, you need to start out. You know, tread lightly. You know. Um, then I would start out. I'd probably tell you to just start out with stretches every day. Just according to where you're at. Like if you're morbidly obese, just start out with because you can hurt yourself. And I did this when I was way on up there in the 400s. You can hurt yourself just stretching. I mean, you can rip shit and break shit just stretching at that weight. So I'd tell you, uh, start out and just wean your way into it. You know, maybe for the first week or two, just do stretches. You know, do you 15, 20 minutes of stretches. And then, you know, maybe go out and start walking and just build. You know, maybe for the first couple of weeks you know walk a mile and then just kind of add a little bit to it and work your way up to where you're walking at least I think you need I think this is the number that most people are throwing out there nowadays you need to be walking at least five miles a day and I, I walk five miles outside of what I would normally do like so I don't count I'm not just talking about for the full day five miles I'm talking about you need to set aside a time in your day to go walk five miles and uh, just work your way up and you know um, I'm actually, I don't like jogging and running, but uh, I'm to the point now where I'm thinking about starting to just wake up and try to jog and get the five miles out of the way. Now, I know a lot of people that, you know, they'll go do 10, 15, 20 miles a day running. And I guarantee you these people, you know, are going to fall over dead one day because I just don't think that's good for you. I don't think that going out and running a goddamn marathon every day is good for your health. I think probably, to be honest with you, I think light, low intensity, you know, kind of workouts are probably the best for your body. Because, you know, like those people that run every day, they're probably going to have to have a hip replaced. And they're eventually probably going to fall over dead of, you know, a thrown clot or a blood clot or something uh, from just running their body, you know, so hard every day. So, I just don't think, this is my opinion, I just don't know if people should be doing that. Because I think there's there's a good medium, right? You know, there's people that way overdo it. You know, there used to be a guy in a small town, I'm sure I've talked about him on this podcast before, that would go out and run every single day. Every single day he'd go out and run. At least 10, 15 miles a day. Guess what? Motherfucker fell over dead running. And that's why, and I know a lot of people like Peter Atia and all these other people, no, man, you got to get that VO2 max up. No more way to do that is go out and do cardio and run. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think you should go. I think when you're in your 50s and 60s and 70s, you should really be cautious with revving that engine up because it might, it might blow a gasket. That's just my opinion. Uh, okay, what else do we want to talk about today? Um, that That's Victoria Vonnenberg's health advice, which I should know. I'm a fat person. I've lost a lot of weight. Uh, I exercise regularly. Uh, I know more than anybody. So if you need advice, come to me because I know. Not Joe Rogan. Not Peter Atia. Not Anthony Fauci. Not Richard Simmons. Me. Victoria Vonnenberg. This is where you come for your weight loss advice. Okay, so uh, seen Blue Beetle over the weekend with uh, Raul. 
everything's going good with him. He claims he's going to move up there with me when I go. Uh, Blue Beetle was actually really good. So I, I thought this movie bombed at the box office, but I went and seen it, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. I thought George Lopez was really funny in it, uh, and I hope they make more of them. So I, I don't know what exactly is going on with that, why it didn't make money. Uh, maybe people just, I don't know, you know, there, there has to be a reason. You know, and even I was kind of negative towards this movie at first. I was like, oh, that doesn't look good. But Raul was like, oh, I want to go see it. And we went and seen it, and um, Blue Beetle uh, was fun. It's a fun, fun movie, and I, I really enjoyed it. And I would highly suggest uh, people going to see it. Um, so, in um, in politics, we'll talk about politics for a minute. Um, uh, Trump is currently polling better than Biden. Uh, obviously, Biden needs to step aside because he's he's not able to talk. He's not able to campaign. He's not able to actually go out in front of the American people and do a debate and um, and actually um, you know and actually you know go out there and say, hey, this is the reason you need to vote for me. And so at this point, I've I've got a few suggestions. All right. And I know I've suggested this before on the podcast, and I know a lot of people were quite offended that I did it, but I don't care. I think that they should run John Fetterman. I think they should run John Fetterman from Pennsylvania. Okay? Hear me out. Hear me out. He's got good working class roots. He's from PA. He's a union guy. He's a fucking former Bernie supporter, he's a fucking, he's a gigantic Andre the Giant sized man. Yes, he's had a stroke. No, he can't read. No, he can't communicate well. But people like him. Okay? That's the difference, is when they look at him, they say, hey, that guy is like us. He looks like he works in a factory somewhere. He looks like he's probably dealt drugs at one point in his life. Uh, it looks like he's probably um, done some criminal shit. And that's what makes him appealing. And I think the Democratic Party should really consider running John Fetterman. If you're going to run Biden, who can't speak, who can't campaign, who can't seem to string a coherent sentence together, you might as well run John Fetterman because at least he's likable. At least we kind of know, and here's the thing, we kind of know where he's coming from. We, we know what kind of person he is. You know, he used to go on Bill Maher all the time. We know what his politics are. He had that stroke. He can't really communicate now. He can't really read now. He can't really do much now. But we know who he is. We like him, right? We like him. Pennsylvania likes him. Because even Pennsylvania said, you know what, this guy, this giant, this troll bridge, uh, the seven-foot-tall, morbidly obese guy. Uh, we like him. So even with his stroke, even though he cannot communicate properly, we're going to vote this motherfucker into office. And they did it. And I think this would be a good electoral strategy of running this guy. Because first off, he's going to do whatever the unions want him to do. He's going to do whatever labor wants him to do. He's going to be great on policy because he's uh, a libtard like myself and like 
a lot of our viewers. And he's going to get shit done, right? Because he's a giant. He can just, like, flick at people if they, you know, if Joe Manchin says he's not going to vote for something and go, and he's, he can fucking eat him. He can eat him and his yacht. Okay, so run John Fetterman. And even Gavin Newsom. I think Gavin Newsom should run too, even though he's kind of like, you know, there's a lot of baggage there. California's not exactly doing too well at the moment. But at least he can speak and articulate, and hes you can tell he's had a bath, and he's got a nice hairdo, and, you know, he's, he's uh, got what I would like to... Gavin Newsom has got what I would like to refer to as... Um, um, he's got the looks of someone who should be in office, right? That's what he looks like. You know, he looks like somebody should be in office. He's got the hair, he's got the nice suit, he's thin, he's good looking, he can articulate himself. He goes on Fox News and does real good. He's about to debate DeSantis. Uh, I think maybe he should run. And they should just let everybody run. I'm talking about everybody. Just do a primary, let everybody run, and the best candidate can go on to be the president or go on to go against whoever the GOP head is, which, you know, will Trump be in jail? Will he be running for president from jail? Will he be disqualified from being president? I don't know, but you have Democrats running around going, oh, he's going to be disqualified. And I was like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. The Supreme Court is going to be on his side. Like, shut the fuck up. They're not going to disqualify him. There's really good legal arguments on why he can't be president. And it's just like, you are so fucking dumb. You are so fucking dumb. And this is the reason I can't call myself a Democrat. I don't even like calling myself a liberal because they're so retarded now. The shit they believe, they live in a delusional state of where Trump is going to be disqualified from being president. Or where... You know, I think the most likely scenario is that Trump's going to be in jail. Hopefully. That might be a possibility. And maybe that, maybe uh, someone else, maybe the GOP voters will vote for someone else. But to be honest with you, all the other options aren't that great either. So we need a good, strong candidate to run whoever's going to be their, you know, run against whoever's going to be their candidate. So um, it's just... It's just a bad situation all around, and uh, that's that's all I'm going to get into it. And, uh, uh, Democrats really need to look long and hard at, like, okay, who all needs to run, whether they like it or not. Everybody needs to run. We need to have a healthy primary where people... Because I truly believe when you have a good primary, people can hear what you're about and where you're coming from, and it kind of rallies you know people to your side, uh, no matter you know what candidate you're for, so... Hopefully they'll get it together and and not uh, completely ruin this election. But right now it looks like we're heading towards 2016, where they're in a delusional state where Hillary Clinton's going to be president. And then all of a sudden they're upset. They're like, oh, my God, Russian collusion. Ah, ah. And then they just live in a delusional state for the next eight years. But, um, yeah, hopefully they can avoid that. So one last thing I want to talk about before I leave today. Let me get a swig of my sweet tea here. So I watched a documentary this weekend. And I want to think that it was on Netflix. It's called American Factory. 
the documentary is called American Factory, and you should all watch it because it's scary as fuck. So, basically, this Chinese company called Fuqua or something weird like that comes to this town in Ohio and places a factory for building glass for automobiles. And these Chinese people come in like, oh, we're going to have all, you know, Americans running the place. You're not going to have to deal with Chinese people, you know, lashing you, cracking the whip on you, all this stuff. Well, you know, of course, they open up the plant. There's like a culture shock. And you have like this weird chairman that comes in and, and is just like, you know, doesn't really know American laws. And he's just like, you know, why is this fire alarm right here? That needs to be moved. It looks ugly. And they're like, that's got to be there per the law, sir. You know, he doesn't. You can tell it's one of these people who he's a CEO of a company, but he's a complete, like, idiot. And he's probably illiterate, too. Like a lot of these Chinese billionaires. They're just like, uh, what's that other Chinese billionaire that runs that one company that's like Amazon? It's like, I don't think that guy can even read. Well, anyway... You know, he comes in and he's just like pinpointing all this stuff. Why is this this way? Why is that that way? And the guy's just like, because there are laws in the United States where we have to have this and do it this way. And he even looks at a, a garage door and says, I don't like the fact that that garage door is facing that way. And he's like, sir, uh, we can't move the garage door. Like, that's just the way the garage door is. We'd have to completely remodel it. And he's just like, have it done! Because, you know, in China, you can just, like, bark at people. Well, anyway, this company, they were paying these workers, like, I want to think, like, $11. I mean, it was some ungodly low number they were paying these workers. And, um, you know, the workers were wanting more money, and they tried to unionize, but then the Chinese came in and busted up the union and busted it up from getting organized and it was just really like frightening that you had these Chinese overlords you know treating American workers like really horribly and you even had these when they first hired all these um, American supervisors and administrators there they would bring them over to China and, you know, like the American supervisors and administration would have to like badmouth Americans and talk about how lazy they were and just, and like, you know, we need, I wish, I wish we could do it in America like you do it here where you work them for 12 hours, seven days a week, 365 days a year, you know, all this shit. And it's just weird how like you have these kind of like people without a conscience that just try to adapt to whatever situation they're in and they're willing to like just treat people like shit even their fellow americans and this one guy even went as far as to learning mandarin for christ's sakes i mean it's, it, this is just a shocking documentary absolutely shocking and you know like sherrod brown the senator from ohio goes and gives a speech at the opening and says that he supports the right to unionize and work and they're like what the fuck? Why did he say that? He's never invited here again. You know, like just crazy anti-union bullshit. And, uh, but I will leave you with one quote. Now, I want you to watch this documentary because I'm assuming, I know a lot of my listeners are overseas, but you know, you might have these people coming into your 
country trying to open up a factory and treat people like shit and no one needs that it's weird because you know you don't the other Asians seem to be good like you know we have a lot of Korean car companies here that have factories and uh you know, we love how you know, in Alabama, we love having Hyundai here and Kia and all that. Um, they South Korea seems to have their shit together and be pretty pretty good. Well anyway, but the 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 uh, one of the Chinese businessmen uh, was describing American workers and he said, Donkeys like being touched in the way their hair grows. Donkeys like being touched in the way their hair grows, describing American workers and he said if you don't stroke them the right way they might kick you like a donkey describing them and I just thought this was like shocking and scary and just there's so much shit from this documentary that's just like fuck that I don't want China coming here and having any influence like literally when they went to the plant in China people were picking up glass with their bare hands like broken shards of glass I mean, it's just insanity. And you know they had to be breathing that shit in, too. And uh, there's just a lot of scary, scary stuff from this documentary. So I hope you'll all watch it. Um, I hope you'll learn something from it. Um, do I have any advice of the week? Uh, I've been basically given the same advice of the week uh, for the past, like, couple of months. Um, my advice of the week is just to kind of chill out. Just to kind of chill out uh, and kind of like calm yourself down. I notice I do this thing where I feel like I'm always having to get to a place in a hurry and I'm like stressing out about it. and um, You know, I just have a lot of anxiety about like, oh, I got to get this done, got to get that done. I'm one of these people I like, I try to get stuff done in a timely manner. The quality of the work might not be great, but I'll get it done. Um, and that, that's my advice of the week. Just try to chill out. Try to relax. Try not to stress over things. You don't need stress in your life. You don't need all that bullshit in your life. You just need to kind of like go with the flow and relax. And, um, you know, a lot of the things you're stressing over, do you need to stress over them? You know, like... When I'm at work, and I'm like, I need to get here by this time. Well, do you really? Just relax. Don't get mad at that red light. Don't get mad at that stop sign. Don't get mad at that bad driver that you think should have done this so you could have got through quicker. You know, Just relax and try to chill out. You're hurting yourself. You don't know it, but you're hurting yourself when you stress out over stupid bullshit. So that would be my advice of the week. Relax and try to try to look at the way you're living your life and going, okay, why am I stressed out about this? Why am I stressed out about this? And try to like do a reset. Try to do a reset. Change your mindset. Change your outlook. Change, you know, try to be positive. And uh, that's what I will leave you this week. Uh, I will uh, definitely do a podcast uh, next week. Uh, and it will be from a whole nother state. It will be from Indianapolis. Indianapolis? What the fuck am I talking about? I'm having a stroke. Indianapolis, uh, Indiana. Uh, 
and I can't wait to do my podcast from there. It's, it's, uh, I know I've been talking about this for, you know, since we begun the podcast, what, last October? I'll have to look out there. Our, our anniversary date's coming up. So, um, yeah, just um, hit me up. Uh, I haven't updated anything lately on the, uh, on the you know, and I'm probably not going to because I, I put little effort into this podcast, but just know I'll be I'll be doing a podcast next week from Indianapolis, Indiana. Hopefully I'm going to uh, have a fun time next week. Hopefully they'll give me a good schedule and uh, I know the Melvins are going to be uh, at the Vogue on next Monday, so I'd really love to go see them. But anyway, uh, I love y'all. De-stress. Uh, be positive. Watch all the documentaries I told you about. And uh, be good to your fellow man. Have a good one. This one's this one is Victoria Vandenberg signing out.